Kevin Kovac here with uh, Dirt Reporters. This is not this is not Derek Kessinger. Derek Kessinger, you'll see, is right there uh, with a nice picture of himself with his uh, beautiful Fourth of July outfit. But he is not able to come up with us tonight. Uh, we're doing this actually a little bit early. You know, we're uh, we're actually in Austin, Texas, recording this. Uh, we're here for a flow uh, flow sports uh, offsite, and you know, with uh, Todd Turner and Kyle McFadden, uh, no Derek to, again this week uh, because he had something come up. So we're just going to be able to look at him the whole time, though, and uh, and, and look at his uh, wonderful face. The new dad also, just uh, one one week since uh, he became a father uh, with uh, yeah, him and, uh, and Colleen having their little girl. Uh, and so he's pretty busy right now changing diapers, I imagine. Uh, but Kyle and Todd, both of these guys, they spent the past weekend – uh, at the PRI show in Indianapolis. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, it was a big weekend. Uh, Todd was there for the first two days. Kyle was there for all three. Uh, and, and Start with Todd. Just what was the vibe there at PRI this year? What kind of uh, – how did you feel? Was it the same kind of thing you always felt at PRI? A lot of late model people there. How did how, you see PRI this year? Well, one thing that always happens at PRI is when you walk around, people see you and they'll be like, What's the big news? What's going on? What have you heard? And usually there's nothing earth shattering. Um, and sometimes you fill in, uh, fill in things. But I thought overall it was a relatively newsy PRI. Uh, and we'll talk about some of those details of the things. The Cody Overton ride, of course, the Lucas Oil playoff thing. Uh, uh, but there were several, you know, I, I thought we ran into a lot of drivers that had some interesting things to say. And, uh, uh, and, and maybe, like I said, a little newsier than, than normal. Um, I don't, it's hard to tell. Is there as many late model guys these days as there were at the height of this show? I don't know. It's a little cyclical. It kind of goes around. But I certainly, you know, made the rounds at the Hoosier booth, the Lucas Oil booth, the World of Outlaws booth, um, and, and a handful of others that kind of uh, draw the late model guys. And I didn't have too much trouble. Uh, finding somebody you're finding somebody to talk about something uh so um so yeah i thought it was a good show and a relatively enjoyable show the trade shows can be a little uh they can get a little old a little quickly uh especially in this world of uh, no real off season when uh we feel like we've just seen these guys a few weeks ago but um but it was a good show and uh yeah i look forward to talking about some of that news and i encourage uh the listeners here to go back and look at uh uh, certainly uh, our blog style reports from each day. Uh, lots of interesting little uh, tidbits in there. Uh, a lot of the newsy stuff, of course, in our, is in our dirt wire section, but uh, but you'll find lots of uh, uh, PRI info if you dig through that. I know Kyle, this is uh, his second time that he's been at the PRI show now. So he's always, he's become a veteran already, uh, you know, a regular at the PRI show. So what did you think uh, of the PRI? How have you kind of adjusted to going and hanging out and, and seeing everybody wearing, I mean, all these racing people wearing their finest, uh, you know, off-season trade show <laughs> outfits and all. And uh, I know Todd saw that from everybody, you know, fancy jeans, lots of nice shirts and everything. <laughs> you don't usually see that. Guy's not in hats. So, uh, uh, I mean, what, what, how'd you, I probably had a good time there too, I'm sure, Kyle. Absolutely, absolutely. No more rookie stripes. So have, uh, you know, the rookie stripes are off at PRI and, and um, actually, you know, came back ready. I feel like, you know, the, 
the first year it's it's just like you have no idea what to expect and uh it can be um you know just getting acclimated right to the news flow and and just the flow of the event in general so uh it was nice to get back there this year uh and so but yeah i mean it's like for instance like i, I ran into austin berry uh port royal regular weekly racer up at the half mile in pennsylvania and uh he had a uh his uh two two uh crew guys there and himself and they they all were matching uh polos and jeans and uh their wow. hats too they're like team hats and just things that you don't normally see right at the racetrack and uh they look all spiffied up and professional and but no i mean it's it it just kind of shows just how um serious that a lot of these racers most of these racers all these racers anybody who shows up not even racers um anybody who has an involvement in the business just how serious they really do take it and that it's still i feel like you know pri has has i haven't been around uh for very long but um you know you you hear or i hear a lot about how uh it's just not as uh you know news wise not as uh um surprising or, or or just like the 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 meat of the news the bulk of the off season news isn't like necessarily revealed there as much as it used to be but it still you know carries the you know same weight and the same seriousness for you know um these drivers and teams and anybody who has an involvement so um so yeah it's just really nice to to see um faces that you see from all across the country in one location and uh it's just nice to it's nice to catch up too with um different people and various people in the sport uh just to just gain more knowledge right and just to gain more insight as to what's going on so but yeah a lot happened uh enjoyed my second year no more rookie stripes and um for sure stepped up the uh attire game too while we were there this week so yeah yeah. I know, uh, yeah, PRI has definitely changed in, from the first time I went. I, I think it was in maybe 1996, I believe. I went when it was in Columbus, Ohio, uh, when I was with Area Auto Racing News. And, and, and back then, um, I mean, I, I had probably been a couple months since I'd even seen anybody at a race because uh, uh, the season wasn't quite as uh, stretched out as it is now uh in season now it's it's barely guy guys have just seen each other a week ago it seems like or a couple of weeks ago uh, so it's not much of a difference there not much of a time to you know get you know uh you know uh wondering what everybody's been doing when you're when you're so connected but it's still a big uh, off-season deal and i think everybody probably enjoys eating at those good restaurants going out afterwards uh going to the banquet and i know that kyle went to the lucas oil banquet on um on friday night also and so i'm, I'm sure that he ate well there but one of the well, first things i wanted to ask right i'm sure you did uh one of the first things i want to talk about though is is the lucas oil series announcement of the big four uh the little change in the ver version 2.0 rick schwally called it uh that they're gonna have in, in 2024 got rid of the one race everything uh, going on the line of the Dirt Track World Championship at Eldora that they had this year, which it did end up being right down to the wire. And Hudson O'Neill won on the last lap with that last lap pass of Devin Moran. Uh, 
But next year, they're going to go with a seven-race ending, seven races barring no rainouts. Uh, you start off uh, with those top four. It'll be cut off after Knoxville, and those top four guys have their site, uh, their points reset to zero and, and go. What do you think, Todd? Uh, is this a, this is a good uh, good way to kind of assuage all the people, I believe, who didn't really want uh, everything to be riding on one race, uh, the, so all the variables that could happen there? Yeah, I think it's kind of what we expected and what kind of kicked around that it would definitely not be a one race deal anymore. Um, so in that way, to me, it was a little bit underwhelming. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, as it did last year, it remains to be seen. I mean, we'll uh, uh, definitely last year we talked about the playoff all year long about what it meant, about when Ricky Thornton doing, was doing so well, you know, what how would he would fare in the finale. Now it's a little more, um, you know, you know, probably who knows who the four guys are going to be, but it's going to be a little more of a, a drawn out thing. And, um, and it could be, you know, uh, one guy kind of runs off with it and runs well in seven races. Maybe there'll be a mix up and there'll be three or four drivers right in the mix, even up to the final race to give them that last, last race drama as well. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, and if it gives them the drama, the one race thing did. The one race thing certainly had lots of critics. I mean, there's lots of people that still don't like that when they look back on it. Uh, but you cannot argue with the excitement it, it built in that final race. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what people's reflection of is of the seven race playoff uh, when we get there. Um, I, I think it's fine. I'm I'm not crazy about the playoff. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of a regular points guy, but uh, but it, but I'm 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 all for ch- trying something new. So uh, we'll see how it goes, and maybe uh, maybe there'll be another tweak next year or, or in 2025. We'll see. But uh, what do you guys think about it? Well, yeah, I, I I kind of I'm not totally against this one. No, I, again, I'm like like with you, Todd. I would rather just see it be a regular season. Uh, it's it's it, it's still even if. You- your resize to zero, that's still kind of manipulating, playing with it a little bit, playing with the whole season and, and just to try to make sure that there's a closer finish. I mean, everybody wants close finishes, but I kind of want it to be organic, not just, uh, you know, manipulated by uh, having points taken away from somebody. I, I just actually yeah. looked back at last of uh, this year's uh, points and like how with seven races to go, uh, how many points Ricky Thornton was ahead, and he was like uh, he was, I believe, uh, you know, well, six thousand eight hundred. He, he was over three hundred points ahead of Hudson O'Neill at that time, so he had a huge lead, you know, and and he wouldn't have lost it, you know, obviously over those last seven races, uh, he would have still been the champion um, even if he went back to zero because he, again, great season. Uh, I would personally would like to just go with the whole thing. I, I don't. I I think a, a, a great finish to a point season kind of means more when it's been for the whole season rather than like you know just fixed up there a little bit to, to make everybody go back to zero. But uh, but it's not. It's not just one race though. So I mean, I could. I, I that is a much better thing. If it's going to take that, if this is what brings that big money in, you know, fourth place gets a hundred thousand dollars still. Then um, I can I can handle that because I think now at least those guys don't have everything riding on one race and you probably would agree with that right Kyle like that now at least Ricky Absolutely. Thornton Jr. Yeah. wouldn't uh, just 
and wouldn't have just lost it just because of one race of bad luck. Yeah, for sure. I actually went back and, you know, say if they had instituted that seven race playoff for this year, um, Brandon Overton, you know, he would be that fourth driver, but, um, but like Ricky Thornton Jr., uh, he would have been the champion uh, by 120 points over Hudson O'Neill with even with that seven or even with like seven races to uh, to reset the playing field there. Or, and so and uh, to to see that and uh, talking with Ricky, too, I mean, I think the general consensus of the drivers that I talked with, it's obviously it's a relief, <laughs> I feel like for them or. Uh, probably more of a relief for the race fans, um, you know, scrolling through social media. Obviously, you're not going to please everybody. I had made that comment to Rick Schwally and he laughed. And, and, uh, but I, I really do commend. I, I know that I had been critical of the one race uh, winner take all, best man wins championship. That's obviously it just, it's a, it's a, it's a page out of NASCAR's book. You know, let's just be honest. Um, and so, but to, to see them go this route, um, I'm a fan of it. I want to give this thing a shot. And also, too, um, the, the tracks over these seven races, too. You have two at Brownstown. I mean, Brownstown's one of the raciest places in, in the country. Uh, I know that Ricky Thornton Jr. highly approves of Brownstown and also Hudson O'Neill, too. So, um, and then two at the Pittsburgher, one at Atomic. Uh, one at East Bay, and then obviously everything ends at Eldora. So, uh, you know, I really like the assortment of tracks to, you know, if you're going to do something like that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to have um, a little or, or an assortment of tracks uh, that, that kind of touch on um, different, just obviously like shapes and sizes and just how, um, they race in general. And, and so mixing it up so it's not redundant in a way, but it's um, kind of has like the complimentary package. I really think uh, they did a good job with that. And also, too, it's important to note that uh, Rick Schwally had told me that um, with this change to the seven race format, that they're able to uh, up the purses uh, down through the field for the Pittsburgher and then at Brownstown too. So on that Saturday night finale. So, uh, and he said that um, uh, this seven race chase is uh, a driving reason for that. So uh, they continue to find ways to uh, bolster their purses and uh, you know, it seems to be working for them. And uh, also it, um, on another note seems to, maybe want to attract Brandon Overton back on the series next year. So that's just a little bit from PRI from the Lucas Oil end. I think one thing that did pop up, everything, every single thing that you do is going to have some, uh, you know, pros and cons. And this is a con, I think. Uh, how about that guy who ends up fifth by 10 points uh, after that uh, Knoxville race? And, and they're shut out of seven races and man, they could have the most points of anybody in that time. And so they're going to be thinking, Oh my God, I, I got shut out. I could have, 
most likely that guy in fifth place probably won't be close enough to, to end up winning the championship over seven. Probably not going to make up seven races. Uh, you make up that much points, that many points in seven races, but they still could go up to the second, third or something uh, if they would have been able to run. So I'm sure people will still think about that and be like, oh, darn it, I should have been able to give a chance there. But uh, but good that kudos to uh, for Lucas Oil for like actually, you know, li- listening to everybody and trying to make it a little better and, and go with that. A lot of other news, though. I, Todd, uh, kind of go over to you. What would you kind of uh, say was your next thing in line, uh, the news item uh, that kind of came out of PRI? I'd say, as I mentioned before, Cody Overton's ride with uh, the former Ryan Gustin ride, the TriStar engines and transmissions car of Dave Stein. I think uh, we kind of knew that that ride was open, but I think we were all a little bit like, hey, is that a car that's going to stay on a national tour? And that it did and does with Cody Overton, who mostly has made his way up through crates and limiteds and, and kind of flirting with supers. Uh, gives him his golden opportunity to join his brother Brandon as a, an elite national touring driver. Uh, I think that was the biggest news. He joins a, a five-car, a five-rookie class uh, with the World of Outlaws, at least for now. Uh, when we get to Volusia, who knows? We may have 60 guys who, who say they're going to run the series. But uh, uh, right now we got, besides uh, Cody, we got uh, – Tristan Chamberlain, Parker Martin, Max McLaughlin, and Dustin Sorensen uh, that say they're going to give it a shot, too. I thought that was big news. There were several schedules that were out. Of course, Ray Kirk, Ray Cook's Southern Nationals and Spring Nationals schedules were out. Uh, I think the big thing there was Tri-County was missing, and then Ray told us that uh, uh, the owners had decided to sell the property, and for the time being, they don't want it to be operating as a racetrack. Uh, I think Ray's hopeful somebody will buy it, and he'll quickly start uh, promoting it again. Uh, we'll see, but that's a uh, that's a race that track that is a uh, is, is not a high-profile track in, in the way we think of uh, the biggest tracks in the sport. Uh, but uh, for Ray, it's certainly close to him. It's where he started racing and where he's promoted for a dozen years or so. Uh, that was pretty big news. Um, also, we're still waiting to see what happens to Earl Pearson and Shane Clanton, two veterans uh, of national national touring driver, and seeing what they're going to do. They were both at the show. Um, we'll see. Uh, they both kind of have things, some things cooking, it sounds like. But uh, we'll have to see what uh, where they land. Uh, I would say those things jumped out to me most. But again, I encourage you if you are a diehard fan, go go back through our coverage because there are many little tidbits uh, that we kind of reveal. Uh, and I'll throw one more out there: the the Wasoda Bunch is going to get the race for its richest race ever, uh, twenty thousand four hundred forty four to win at ABC Raceway as part of uh, the XR Northern Storm, which is kind of a mini series within the Wasoda Challenge series. Uh, that's big money for those guys. That's a limited late model tour up there, uh, but that's um, I don't know. That's a high profile event, and it will cap six nights of racing. I really. I really like that for those guys up there. I think with Soda Late Model air Racing, a few years ago was flagging, and I think people with COVID maybe thought it was uh, uh, on the way out or really going to be suffering. But I feel like it's really bounced back here the last couple of years. I think this is good news for it uh, as well. Uh, Kyle, I know that you talked to uh, Cody Overton and his crew chief, Talon Center, 
Uh, I be- maybe even and I believe also the the coroner Dave Stein. Uh, you yep. you got the whole trio, I believe, there uh, during the show. Yeah. Uh, what what was the feeling you got from those guys? Uh, uh, Cody's Cody will be a great addition to the world of outlaws. I think. Uh, I mean, that kid is just a very uh, energetic, uh, you know, outgoing, uh, funny guy. And he'll he'll be a fan favorite, I know. I mean, he's got a lot to learn. He's really very inexperienced with a super late model, and I think he still needs to get that you know that confidence back up, get that confidence up in him. Uh, he's always like worried, oh man, I made a mistake here. I didn't do that right. But he has talent. There's no doubt about it. Maybe having somebody like Taylor Center probably will have. And, and uh, I, I know that uh, all Taylor Center and uh, Stein probably talked very well of Cody and, and, and Cody. How, how excited was he? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's just like, I mean, he was over the moon. Um, you know, I had conducted a, a 10 minute ish like interview with him in those first few minutes. He was, you know, trying to gain some traction and trying to find his words, you know, for just to how he can uh, put this all into words. Right. So, um, but this, that was a deal that certainly came together, uh, super quickly. I mean, uh, Cody Overton was, does not have, uh, a national touring deal on his radar. He was not going to PRI searching for that. It happened to come to him. So, uh, it all started, uh, conversations got rolling on Wednesday morning and had seemed to, wrap up or at least become official there on Friday morning. So in a 48 hour span, uh, he, he goes from super late model rookie to, to now getting ready for his rookie season on the outlaws. So, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, based off of what Cody told me, I mean, he only has, he said he only has roughly a dozen Lucas oil late model starts and then he can only, recall one time in which he's raced on the outlaws. So, uh, which was last Volusia or last year, uh, last January, uh, at Volusia. So, I mean, he only has about roughly 13 national touring starts, but you know, I feel like this year, I mean, you and I saw him quite a bit there, Kevin, uh, racing up in the Northeast, especially at Port Port Royals, Lucas Oil event, and then at Georgetown too. You know, he had a, a solid run there going. I believe he was up, uh, climbed his way from deep in the field to up in the top 10. And then I remember that race he had to pull off just because of some overheating or some cooling issues. Uh, so, and then he finished in the top 10, fourth at uh, uh, his prelim night at Port Royal, and, and then eighth in the big show on Saturday. So, uh, in his limited events, um on the national scene i mean he's definitely pulled his weight and um for sure that combination with him with himself and then Taylon center as crew chief i mean they've known each other now for eight eight years from what i was told and uh, already have a foundation i i think you know that that is so Im- important these days to just understand uh how a driver and and, and crew chief how they communicate with each other they already have that relationship and they have that trust it seems too and and so um and then as for Taylon's case i mean he's he's been with that team now for two years so um he he's he's he feels like he can hit the ground running here with cody uh you know, they had acknowledged obviously 
you know, as a rookie and, and for Cody to be visiting most of these tracks, like for the first time, probably going to take a little bit of time to get him acclimated to the road life and such. But I mean, I feel like uh, he has everything in place, as you said there, Kevin, um, has a lot of upside. He's very enthusiastic and uh, can be a little too harsh on himself. But I, I just feel like that's his way of expressing uh, that he has the capabilities to continue to grow and refine his craft. And I mean, he's only 26 years old. So um, I would imagine this is the start of uh, something more to come for him. So, um, yeah, for sure caught me by surprise when I – got a Facebook message uh, that Friday morning from Taylon Center saying that he was a driver. So, um, but now it's uh, it's official and he's part of a pretty good looking rookie class on the Outlaws. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a fan here of uh, Cody Overton going with the Outlaws. I think that's one guy we know we're going to have a good interview with no matter what. He's a good, he's a good <laughs> quote all the time. I like that Cody Overton. Uh, he's going to throw, he's going to get everybody. He's going to have a lot of fun out there on the tour too. Those guys better be ready for him. Uh, you know, just doing some joking around in the pit area. But one more thing I want to touch on uh, from PRI, uh, Todd, definitely. He's our summer nationals uh, veteran for sure. Uh, summer national schedule came out. Uh, what did you think of that, Todd? Uh, when you talked to Sam Driggers, one point two. Also, you did mention it in one of our notes uh, that possibly they were going to go to Texas. Sammy actually acknowledged that too. There, Oklahoma, Texas, a little stretch there, kind of with the Comp Cam series. How about that one? I think that would you have liked to go on, you know, make a little trip down <laughs> south of the Big O Speedway below Dallas? How about that? I, I think that might have been biting off a little more. I understand Sam likes to expand and do different things. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if that would have been well-received in, uh, in hindsight. Uh, they do go that direction a little bit. Of course, it was kind of a big deal last year when Dirt Car uh, brought some other of these regional series into the fold, including the Comp Camps much. Chris Sullivan came to the, of the Comp Camp series, came to some of those Summer Nationals races last year. And you can kind of feel that kind of evolving. So, indeed, they go uh, – the Comp Camp Series is based in Arkansas. They go that direction a little bit. Uh, they're at uh, Poplar Bluff, Missouri for the first time in 17 years, I think. Uh, they're going to Arkansas for the first time at Riverside International, uh, just there across the Mississippi River in West Memphis, Arkansas. So, they have a, a section uh, in the second half of the tour that's, that leans toward that. The rest of the tour very much will look like uh, what Summer Nationals fans are familiar with. Um, it definitely would have been a big deal to have a Texas race and an Oklahoma race. Uh, and that also would have extended the series to six weeks, which I think, um, except for Sam, maybe, we all probably feel like that's a little too much. Uh, and um, so anyway, that may be revisited down the road. Uh, of course, me, longtime Summer Nationals guy, I've been going to those races for, I guess, if I go to one next year, it'll be my 35th year of going to those races. Um, it's, uh, I would like to see even a more compact schedule. You know, there's a lot, lot more days off these days and stuff. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the Summer Nationals. You have so many other series that are doing regional touring well. The Summer Nationals could set itself apart by running 20 straight nights of racing. 20 straight nights. That would be unique. Instead, 
they lean a little bit toward I know the drivers like that weekly thing and they they split up the weekly points um and and I guess that's better in some way but it does not make it what the summer nationals was born as uh under uh, Bob Memmer uh, so many years ago so I could go on and on I I apologize but uh, you ask Kevin you ask well, I agree with you there, too. It feels like it's more like maybe five mini speed weeks or, you know, stretches that guys could come in and out. That's what they are, you know, kind of leaning towards because they don't. Uh, it is tough to get guys to go race for a month. But if you have a 20 race series, just race 20, 20 nights in a row like that, that would be something that guys, I think teams could just pay. Let's just go do that uh, and, and not have to worry about coming back off the road. And, you know, I, I, I think that would be the perfect niche for the summer nationals. Uh, it's a little bit different now, but this is the way we're going to do it. It's still called the hell tour, still summer nationals. Uh, uh, it, it is definitely a proving ground though, too. Uh, guys can go run that and, and really learn quickly. Uh, let's move on now, though. Uh, we have one big event coming up. This last really big event of the year. Uh, it's the Gateway Dirt Nationals at the at the Dome at America Center in St. Louis. It's going to be this weekend. Thirty thousand to win on Saturday night, uh, in the two preliminary nights. So, I mean, I think there's 140 cars entered in this. There's, a, I mean, must be a lot of crates in there too. There's a lot of names I'm not uh, exactly, uh, you know, like very familiar with. I don't think a lot of people are probably familiar with them. But it's going to be a lot of cars stuffed into that uh, into that dome this weekend. You're going to get plenty of rain. Everybody probably won't show up. Everybody doesn't always show up. But it's still going to be well over 100 cars. Uh, we'll go back. We'll go to for both of you, Todd and Kyle. Uh, just some thoughts. Like, what what what's your what are you kind of looking at this weekend going into Gateway, and uh, what can you expect, and what could you tell fans? Hey, this this is this is what you should be watching. Go ahead, Kyle. You can start out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's it's just like for starters, it's uh, 140 of them. It's uh, Dustin Jarrett. He sent me a Snapchat video of uh, all of his pre-race notes, and and he just kept. It was like a three-minute long video of just going down all the all the notes that he had compiled uh, as and, he's and ready. Kyle, to I, th- I think one thing though that means that Dustin Jarrett will have no voice left by uh, Friday, Friday <laughs> night, Friday, early Friday. I mean, if he has that many cars and that many notes to talk about, Dustin will not have a voice left. We all know that. <laughs> he's got to conserve. I guess not, you know, and so, but it's just like the breadth and the uh, it's, it's, and it's, it's like, this year, you know, I want to look back in years past, you know, going into the dome of, of how many times that we've had our, our top three drivers and our rankings, uh, you know, show up to the dome and uh, have like a true season ending uh, finale between the three. And so uh, obviously that's in the form of Ricky Thornton Jr., Bobby Pierce and Hudson O'Neill. And so uh, but Brandon Shepard, too, uh, you have Brandon Shepard in the mix. You have Tyler Herb. Uh, you have Jimmy Owens. He is showing up here to the dome for the first time, I believe. So, um, you know, you have a a lot of familiar faces, um, that, that we, that we all obviously know well and, and fan favorites too. Right. And so, um, Shannon Babb and, and Nick Hoffman. And, um, so it's, it's, it's not like um, 
it's uh it's nice to have um just the roster number one of drivers um of of all backgrounds and drivers that you know we've never that we've never heard of before it's a good opportunity to to you know see if there's going to be like any surprises right and so um but there was um I guess if I had if I had to choose one driver um, that I I actually ran into at PRI over the weekend, uh, Bob Gardner um, ran into him, and 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 this is one race that uh, is very near and dear to his heart. You know, he grew up or, or he lives about two hours from St. Louis. He he's uh, run in the top five twice in this event. I believe he has a runner up too, and. Uh, four top tens and like seven starts and uh, he, he feels um, you know he he feels like you know, he's one of the many that obviously he's he's known in the sport right I mean he's a Mars series regular and uh, has has won his share of events but I mean a lot of these drivers I mean this is this is not their Super Bowl, but I mean, it's uh, if there's one opportunity for them in the sport to take the limelight and to uh, really make a name for themselves, it's this week. So, um, you know, they don't have anything to really lose. And uh, Bob is uh, pretty optimistic, the Pink Panther, so as uh, people call him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you can go down the list here. Ryan Unzinker, Jason Fager, you know, a lot of Illinois flavor, obviously being right there in St. Louis and um, West Virginia drivers like Freddie Carpenter and Ryan Montgomery. And, uh, you know, you can't can't uh, leave out Tyler Carpenter, too. So um, I just think it's uh, it's it's just you you have a whole like melting pot. Right. Uh, quite literally here at the Dome. So. Um, anything goes at yeah, the Bob dome. Gardner, Bob Gardner is a guy there, Kyle, that, I, uh, the one thing I always remember about him at the dome is a couple years ago after the race, him and his buddy, Brandon Shepard had a little, they got a little angry at each other. I think Bob was more mad at uh, Brandon if something had happened and they kind of clashed there. And I'm like, man, those guys usually are hanging out and they're probably pretty friendly. And there was some, uh, there was some testiness between them. And then also, but uh, it, it very quickly cleared up and they did hug it out by the end of the time. You know, they, they didn't hold it. No, no hard feelings there, but it's just, it was a thing that I happened to see. You don't usually see that with those two. Uh, yeah. you, you don't really see people getting mad at Brandon Shepard too often, but uh, yeah, a lot of guys, he's a guy that could be a possible, uh, you know, underdog that could come out and win that. I mean, Tyler Carpenter has shown what could happen with uh, underdogs at the dome and how they become a big star because of the dome. There's only probably two other eight, two tracks maybe that get as many people as the dome. I, I believe probably Eldora and World Finals. Other than that, I don't, I don't think there's a bigger crowd uh, for dirt late models all season. So if everybody has their eyes on it. It gets everybody fired up. Uh, and and uh, and Todd, I mean, what what would you be kind of looking for this weekend at the at the dome? Well, I think all, all you all talk about is is right. I'll I'll steal a little page from uh, Kelly Carlson's input in uh, Fast Talk this week when he talked about how the the what's in essence the backstretch exit uh, where they go into the infield and mm -hmm. exit the track is going to be moved a little bit closer toward turn three instead of turn two. 
Uh, of course, sometimes that has come into play when guys are trying to run the high side there, coming out of two. You can get, uh, and I guess people have literally ran into problems there, but it's always a, a little dicey there where that exit is. So uh, I think they're hoping that gives guys a little more room to race off of turn two. Uh, so that's one thing to watch, I would say. Yeah, that's a great point. There's been some action caused by that, you know, problems, not just action, really, more problems caused by that second term because everybody's kind of floating out to that outside. And, and if that and that, that little bit of an opening there, they just catch it and rip up that right rear. Uh, it, it should be better, actually, in turn three, because there's another opening in the turn one. That's where they come on the track. And it doesn't seem like those guys, uh, the t teams have the cars have as many problems going in the one as they do coming off a of two. Uh, and so I don't think that it'd be yeah. maybe because I mean, it will be diving more down to the bottom rather than going, you know, swinging out to the top and catching that right rear, ripping their bodies up. So I think that could be a good difference. And maybe that could really help the racing, you know, if uh, if guys can just get that little bit of extra, you know, going to the top. Uh, one thing I just want to mention on on the, the dome, I mean, the top three guys in the country in the dirt on dirt pole there, Ricky Thornton, Bobby Pierce and Hudson O'Neill. Hudson, of course, running boom Briggs's car not the rocket one uh, rocket one is done for the season they uh, you know they finished up last month they're not racing anymore but uh hudson's gonna get another race in and uh we'll have to see if he gets a little bit uh gets into it with uh, any any retribution last year and any uh you know carryover from the tyler carpenter hudson o'neill uh, that was one of the things that 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 clash there in the pre prelim night was one uh, incident that really got everybody flying and, and going crazy. And uh, but I, I, I mentioned our fast talk this week, man. How about if we get those three guys, uh, the top three in the in the nation, battling out for a win in front of that crowd, in front of that, you know, the, everything's so electric there. Everything's accentuated, and you know, you can't. Uh, everyone's going to run into each other. There's no avoiding getting some trading and some paint. So if they could really get going, and, and Tyler Carpenter, of course, will probably sneak in there too and make something very interesting. But it's this weekend, uh, 30000 to win, the last big one of the year. Uh, and then we'll go into Christmas. This year it's a little closer to Christmas. Last two years it's been right after Thanksgiving. So, you know, we go there, go right to Christmas the week after. Uh, let's go back to let's go to one more thing uh, or end this for the weekend. Uh, we won't go to Derek. He's not here. I'm just looking at him again. But let's start off with uh, Kyle. Then we'll go to go to Todd and, uh, and I'll close that with the one more thing. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I guess some PRI leftovers. Um, I ran into Scott Bloomquist. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's um, he just expects me to just walk up to him and excuse me, and, and just like strike some kind of conversation with him. Now we made eye contact and you know, he, you know, gives me like the little awkward gesture and I go walk up to him and uh, turns out that um, you know, he is racing as soon as possible next year, as soon as late February, but he, he says he's going to uh, shoot for that March return and uh, is, is really eager and enthusiastic to, uh, try to push through this uh, bum shoulder that he has. He's, he's needing to get some rotator cuff surgery done there. And, and um, he says he's uh, the pain is, is manageable, but he's just going to have to, to really be cognizant of, of where he races. Like for instance, uh, Eldora got a little bit rough um, at the world and, 
and uh, didn't really, um, or at the dirt track, sorry. And um, that uh, turned him off a little bit and just made him a little bit leery of uh, the conditions in which that he can race in. But Charlotte, a very smooth racing surface, um, didn't agitate him there too much or irritate uh, that shoulder. So we'll have to see ultimately uh, how many races that Bloomquist races next year. Uh, obviously, he's not short on confidence and optimism, and um, he's not done yet, right? Yeah, well, a question I do – a couple questions I do have for you real quick, though, on Scott Bloomquist. Was he in the little scooter that at the PRI? I mean, he was in the scooter on, on PRI even before he was injured. You remember, right, Todd? Remember, like, when he would come in on the scooter – with his, uh, you know, have the map and stuff and drive around. Uh, he's had some good pictures. I remember the other picture, too. He was getting his shoe shined out, out front one year. And he's always yeah. a character there. But uh, I don't believe you. I had never saw any picture. It looks like he wasn't there. But one other thing, too, Kyle. Did his boy uh, Fireball, was he was he alongside of him when you saw him? And did he make any have any comments for you? No Fireball. Fireball, no, I did not spot him no. if he was there. I don't think he was there because if he was there, he'd be attached to Scott's hips. So, um, oh, I, mean, I was just, hoping that he had, he had a good story about Fireball. Yeah, no stories about Fireball here today. But um, anybody who wants to hear some stories, we can, we can, uh, we can, for sure, uh, you know, talk about the legend of Fireball too. So, but yeah, no, Scott's foot's and no scooter there for him. He he's okay. uh, looking good, getting getting okay. getting stronger by the day. It seems right. All right, Todd. One more thing. Well, first off, I'll, I'll say I'm impressed with all three of us. Nobody's made a crack about Derek not going on mute. Uh, uh, he he handled that well. <laughs> hey, today, I would say. I, I've been trying to do it. I'm making sure because he'll be busting on me if I uh, if I'm oh, yeah. on mute. So oh, yeah. I've been like watching very closely not to go on mute. So my one more thing is uh, running into Riley Hickman, the Tennessee racer uh, there, uh, and he's mostly been away from the track uh, several years. He's worked, uh, uh, he was working race direction and kind of uh, helping operations there at Boyd Speedway for a while. He's also get his hands uh, full with uh, three teenage sons who are racing, but he says he's going to uh, race um uh, it sounds like more of this uh, in 2024 than he has uh, maybe in five or six seasons. Uh, the four-time Southern All-Star champ says he's going to get started maybe with the Crate Racing USA winter uh, shootout. Um, and then uh, if things are going well and he gets his super program going, uh, look at running some super late model racing. Uh, maybe the entire uh, Hunt the Front series. He wasn't exactly committing to that, uh, but he does like that series and uh, saw that something uh, – that might be attractive to him. So it'd be nice, uh, it'd be a nice get for the sport to have another uh, uh, quality team and driver back out there on a uh, on a regional tour. So good for uh, Raleigh Hitman. I was glad we ran into him. Yeah, it's good to hear him uh, that he'll be back, man. He but he hasn't been far away from racing. Jeez, he has all all of his kids want to race, and man, he's got he's a pretty busy, uh, pretty busy guy with all those. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, twins and another boy, uh, man, and they're all teenagers and they're all really interested in racing, which is cool. I mean, that's a, you know keep keep the young guys coming in. Uh, my one more thing, I'll, I just uh, saw on Facebook uh, a pretty neat little note. I saw Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, make a post the other day. 
that he's offering some $500 sponsorships for the Tulsa shootout, the micro sprint race uh, at the Chili Bowl, uh, you know, Tulsa Expo Center at the end of the month. Uh, that he goes and runs all the time too with his own micro, but I mean, he given back a little bit to, to the lower, you know, lower uh, classes in the, in, in racing uh, to, to try to help them out and, and get them going. He, he says, uh, go on his Facebook page and you know, send a video and why you should, why he should give you some, uh, some sponsorship help. And uh, I know he mentioned that it was a thing that, you know, he, he always appreciated somebody that bought him a tire here, a tire there, a little part here, helped him out with some gas money to the races. And, uh, you know, after he gave, had such a great season, his million dollar season, he just had, and thought it was pretty, uh, pretty cool that he's, uh, you know, offering to help out some, uh, some of the, um, you know, support class, you know, support class micro sprint guys that are just starting out or, or, you know, just don't have as much money. So, you know, make sure everybody goes to Ricky Thornton Jr.'s uh, Facebook page and, you know, make a, make a move. Maybe Kyle has a micro sprint in his garage and, you know, and maybe he can, uh, you know, get some, uh, get some sponsorship on his wing for, for that race. But um, I think we had a good show here. We, we made it through without D suave. We'll uh we'll have him back next week. Uh, we will we will have D Suave back in the host seat. Uh, hopefully, I was able to you know carry us through here, D Suave, and, and and do a good job for you. But uh, next so next week, uh, one of our last ones of the year uh, with uh you know with the Dirt Reporters, uh, and we'll uh, then we'll be into the holiday season. We'll have a couple extra little uh, you know special ones uh, for the holiday uh, weeks uh, to to carry us through to the new year. But again. Thanks. This is signing off for Todd Turner, Kyle McFadden. I'm Kevin Kovac. This was the Dirt Reporters, and we'll see you next time.